0: What is up, everyone? If you're looking for a job right now, I highly recommend you check out Ball. They are the aerospace technology company. Uh, They're the ones who have the naming rights of where the Avs and Nuggets play, Ball Arena. And they're the world's largest aluminum can and packaging manufacturer. They've been leading global sustainability efforts for decades, and they are looking to hire more employees. They make 8, 12, and 16 ounce can sizes of all kinds of liquids, and they are looking to make over 30 different sizes at facilities across the world. But right now, they're needing some help at their golden plant. So if you're interested, check out hashtag workout ball online. We actually know quite a few people who work there and who are enjoying their time there and think that this is a great company. Um, so if you would like to apply for a position at their aluminum can plant in Golden, text Golden to 77222 or go to jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. Let's start the show.
1: Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsey breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landis He has done it again. Vaughn Miller, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Off two hands, Nikola Jokic. Same me by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Take a good look. You won't see it for long. Two-ride home ride. Trevor Story. Lock. Hands on. Touchdown. Number two for Sutton. Got it oh, all back!
0: Welcome to the Denver Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Ali Monroy. With me today, I have AJ Hayfley, who the name that he is showing us, how do you pronounce it?
2: Jacques
1: Floorball.
0: That is his alter ego. Uh, Brendan Bo is here. He almost spit out his drink. And we've got Patrick Lyons. Ryan Konigsberg will be joining us later to talk some Broncos talk. Um, We're kind of just going to recap what's going on in the Denver sports world right now. I don't like that word recap because we're obviously going to go a little bit more in detail. And the Nuggets are starting their season next week. So we're going to talk that. Rockies ended their season. So we're going to kind of talk what's going on heading into the offseason. Avs played their first game of the season last night. They beat the Chicago Blackhawks 4-2. It was so fun. Um, And then the Broncos are struggling. So we're going to ask Ryan some questions on what he thinks this team needs to change. Um, But that's kind of the layout for the show today. And of course, we will be doing who won the week. I'm interested to see the arguments for this week. Um, I don't don't know who's going to win, but we'll see. We are going to start off with Brendan and the Nuggets. But first, Brendan, what's your favorite Breck brew?
3: Oh, gosh. I go back and forth on this a lot. The uh, Hazy IPA it's really good. Um, Okay. Yeah, go with that one.
0: The Hazy IPA. We love Brew here at DMVR. They're the presenting sponsor of this show, and they are just perfect. Watching the Avs game, drinking an avalanche ale yesterday was just life's complete. And then tonight uh, or on next Wednesday when the Nuggets play the Suns, it'll be drinking a Vanilla Porter Jr. while watching Mm. the Nuggets. Boom, feeling complete. Um, Highly recommend checking them out. But all right, Brendan. Heading into the season, what is the big question that you and the DMVR Nuggets have with this team?
3: Well, I think Michael Malone shares this question as well, and that's, what's this second unit going to look like? That was hard to gauge, given that Will Barton rolled his ankle, I think, on the second day of training camp and just played his first game in the preseason now, and of course, he's a starter, so P.J. bumped up, shakes the whole rotation out of place. And of course, last night, Jermichael Green was out as well. So he's still trying to figure out, I think, that second unit. Who does it comprise? Um, Is Bones Highland going to factor into that? I'm sure we'll touch on this in this show. Uh, So I think those are the two questions. Is Bones going to crack this rotation? What does this second unit look like? And finally, if I can can add a third question, uh, are they going to be able to score enough to survive without the starters on the floor?
0: Yeah. Um, I think a big question people are going to obviously ask is Jamal Murray, his update. We won't know when he'll come That's and right. it will be on the court until later on in the year. But I think a lot of people, I just see that question of roaming course. a lot. So as I soon as there's an update, you guys we'll will you let the world know. Just
4: yeah.
3: ballpark, not medical, just kind of for your own expectations. We probably won't start having these conversations until February, March. Um, just a general timeline for his recovery. Of course, everyone's different, but.
0: Bones Highland, my God, the hype is so real on him. He plays in everyone on Twitter. Everyone in the universe is like, this guy's it. So, vote. I want to hear your take on it. We obviously know uh, Eric Weedham He's <laughs> all about Bones. So, do you think that he is real? He's the real thing. He's legit.
3: Well, Michael Malone is all in on Bones. So, that's your first clue that this isn't just um, – Eric Whedon's runaway hype train. (laughs) So, you know, Malone did say when Bones was drafted, he didn't think much of it. and That's not a knock on Bones. You just, he was the 26th overall pick. And the Nuggets, I think, are pretty comfortably slotted or described as a contender at this point. So rarely does someone pick that late in the draft, have any sort of instant impact, or even crack the rotation of a team this talented. So that's where Malone was coming from. But then he saw him in workouts. Then he saw him in summer league training camp preseason games and every step of the way he's looked ahead of the curve and so at a certain point you can't just keep a guy on the bench just because he's a rookie if he's earned it yeah you play him and malone is i mean he's come as close to confirming this as one can without without using that word he said that bones you can't keep him off the floor he has earned the right to play um so with regards to that second unit being fluid i mean pj dozier bones highland the way malone has talked about them so far they sound like they're pretty firmly in there. Uh, of course, the former being more of a surprise.
0: AJ, how do you feel about Bones?
3: I I view a lot of my
1: non-Avalanche sports uh, these days through the eyes of my Canadian fiance, <laughs> who it's, it's like infamously referred to him as George Elway. Like, just does not, does like, just does not have other stuff on her radar. Sure. Yeah. And she, she we, are like morning conversation a couple days ago was, What the hell is a Bones Highland? <laughs> <laughs> and
3: why is everybody
1: on my Twitter
3: talking Everyone. about it? AJ, my sister texted me about <laughs> Bones Highland yesterday. I mean, she doesn't even watch basketball, let alone the Denver Nuggets.
1: Right. And so I had to explain. I was like, Look, like he's like, he's like this fun rookie uh who was drafted really late in the first round which doesn't usually produce fun or productive players um so you know I was like it's it's really rare for a guy to get drafted late in the first to to come into training camp on a championship caliber team and actually like start to maybe muscle his way into yeah a rotation yeah. Uh, and so I was I was trying to explain I was like, it, it's not like it's over the top because it's he's just so much fun to watch. Right. Right. Knowing that it's like this is all nonsense and preseason is smoking and mirrors and totally meaningless. But
4: it's a it's a blast to watch. And he's got the intangibles right now too. Let's not forget about his testicular fortitude. That's right,
3: Patrick. Thank you for (laughs) representing.
4: Yeah, Um, I mean,
1: him him talking trash to Pat Beverly in a preseason game
3: is just like okay, (laughs) okay, guy. We see you. You're crazy. We like it. Big part of it, AJ. I mean, he is good enough. So that's I think that fact needs to be out there. Um, Of course, these are the type of things we run away with as fan bases, particularly because for the Nuggets not a ton is contingent upon his success, right? They have their Mm -hmm. their first core in place. This is almost like found money. But part of it is he's just so good with the media, just so good with the fans, his on-the-court presence. I think, I mean, this is a massive generalization, so bear with me. But some of these younger generations, I think sometimes we see a real actualized self, a a really strong sense of self. And some of the guys closer to my age that I talk to You know, it's almost like they've been trained not to trust the media. You want to keep distance between you and people knowing about you. Um, And then there's this wrestling over controlling the narrative. I think for kids like Bones, it's like, I am the narrative. Who's in more control of this than me? Um, He'll just go on Instagram Live if there's any confusion. And so there's a fearlessness that is endearing. Um, especially because NBA players, I think typically are reluctant to let us in and this kid hasn't played one regular season game yet. We feel like we know all about him. And so that's, there's something infectious there.
0: That goofiness is just like you said; it's infectious. Everyone loves it. He's just such a goofball, and you see that in Jokic. People are able to relate with Jokic and that goofiness. But when you saw MPJ as a rookie, or even Bulbul, like Bulbul had like the SpongeBob tattoo. He had a little, a few things that like were like, oh, like this guy is like showing us his personality. But it was still a lot more guarded. With Bones, he's just like, this is me. I'm excited to be in Denver. I love you guys already. Hopefully, you can accept me, but. I'm going to take this experience and run with it. And that is so endearing as a fan. Like, it's hard not to root for him. And then when he's actually playing well, obviously it's preseason. But still, when you see him on the court and, like, the way he plays and you see Michael Malone talk about him and Will Barton and all these other guys and the quotes that come out of the locker room from his personality, you're Mm -hmm. like, man, this guy might not be, like, a key rotational player. But, like, hey, like, he's a fun guy to have on the team.
3: And it's it's permeated – I mean, his approach and that locker room, it's, he is constantly asking questions, right? Of the veterans. He wants to be out there on the court playing, wants to have a relationship with Malone and his teammates. There's just a, he's ready for this. And he want, I think some guys, basketball is very easy for them every step of the way and they get to the NBA and there's a little bit of pushback, whether that's from other players being more talented, a coaching staff, not seeing the game the same way you do. Bones, I think, is here for this process. He knows he's good enough. So when someone in a professional organization has advice for him, he's all ears. And I think, look, it's one thing for us to all be excited because he's so likable. But the reason you're hearing so much is because every time we check with someone from the team, either on the record or off, you're getting glowing reviews. And so I think it's something that it's very real.
0: Totally. Patrick, how do you feel about Bones?
4: I'm, I just can't wait for us to sign an exclusive deal with him for his own salad dressing because I'm all for Highlands Ranch. My God. I'm ready. Let's do it. Highlands wow. Ranch. So really bring the
0: Rockies culture that. into that. The, the Highlands it, it Ranch. It is a
4: bit of a mesh. Wow. But Highlands <laughs> Ranch. Vote is already. He's looking off into the, the sky right now. You can't see the video, but he's like, wow. Okay. Yeah. He's printing money thinking- right now. I I was
0: confused as to where you were going to go with that. I was like, what what bones dressing could there be? You
3: landed the plane, though. I was impressed.
4: (laughs) I got this. I got this one. He's, you know, again, exciting, but is it enough to possibly garner a position on, like, the second team all-rookie squad? Is that maybe the the upside? Probably not first team because, again, he's outside of that top 10, 15 picks, but maybe second team?
3: Sure. Especially since some of those, the first, you know, the top picks in this year's class were guards. So there's going to be guys who have more opportunity, bigger, bigger name, all that stuff. And also more talented players. Tell you this though, man, there are not 25 better players in that draft class than Bones Highland, let alone guards. Uh, I know it's early, but you can, so I'll tell you this. We know he's not a bust. We know that he's too good already. And so absolutely man i look i think he's going to be in this rotation i think that's what malone's telling us and i think he's going to play enough that some sort of all-rookie consideration is going to be on the table you know he won't win that award but whatever it's a, it, the odds are great on draftkings if you want to throw yourself a five dollar bone and just just see how far it takes you
0: there you go. It's really interesting to me how this next gen- next generation of athletes is going to be on social media and with the media and how that's going to affect the organizations. Like you said, Bones, if there's any complicate, like any anything that's kind of weird, he's going to hop on Instagram live and talk about right. it. Like there was multiple Nuggets who were on the t- on TikTok, like doing dances, talking, like showing their life and their personality and We really didn't see that specifically with like NBA players. It was a little more like I'm I'm too cool for that type of stuff. I think so. And yeah. you you're seeing it in the NFL too. I wonder, like, I haven't seen much of it, like I haven't seen Av's people, like Avs players, Avs rookies on TikTok or that type of social media. Not much with the Rockies either. Um, Rockies, like, but with NFL and NBA, you are seeing more of it. So I wonder how much of an issue that might. Like what that's going to cause with organizations who are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't just go and say this public. Like we have to talk about this, you know?
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's It's going to, well, look, I mean, Michael Porter Jr. has his uh, Curious Mike show, right? So (laughs) I think there's always going to be a role for the middlemen, right? Like myself and and Harrison and and Adam, but these guys are going to have a more immediate, I think, there's going to be a thinner lo- barrier between them and the fan base. And I like that. I appreciate it's One of the things I there's just a growing gulf between NBA star Um and the average person. And of course our lives are going to be different, but can there be like enough common ground for some sort of vicarious relationship or mutual appreciation? I mean, just the beautiful relationship we've seen between fans, uh, fans and players. And I think in the NBA, it's getting harder and harder to get a taste of that. So Bones is a breath of fresh air in more than one way. And totally. I, I do want to still a rookie, right? Still, yes. We have to see how he looks when it all gets going. Like we definitely want to temper expectations a little, but it's not coming out of left field and it's not coming out of boredom or lack of other storylines in Denver. He has emerged, right? He He's taken this opportunity and run with it
0: that's something i see a lot of online as and even on our DMVR uh, nugget shows is people being like whoa 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 wait for him to develop before there's all this hype and i think it is because it's that fear of like if he doesn't like if he's not good immediately then people are going to turn on him they're going to be right. like he is right, a right, bust right. what are you talking about we saw that with brendan roger like we saw we've seen fans kind of be like wait whoa he's not what we expected him to be like I'm out, when it's like, no, these players do need time to develop. And Ryan Konigsberg is joining us, and he is a big Bones fan.
2: Oh, I mean, how could you not be a Bones fan? I mean, he's like the most wholesome individual uh, (laughs) on this earth right now. Even his voice literally just brings me joy hearing him talk. Um, AJ's weirded out by you. uh, Sports are games, right? And he looks like he has a lot of fun playing the game of basketball. That's what I love love that man that's a great way of putting it
3: this is this is a moment that i think people in our position can grow numb to this but this all happens so fast uh you know this is a kid who was in college not that long ago uh grew up in in hard circumstances lost a house to a house fire he he's not going to take a second of this for granted he's happy to be here he's happy to sign that contract he's thrilled to buy his mom a house he's thrilled to be in denver because denver wants him i mean it's just um i mean and this is why we're not afraid to embrace it and ride it even at the risk of maybe overhyping a rookie like you were saying allies it's just it's a joyful thing right now and so much of sports coverage can be complaining and so i'm really glad to have something to kind of rally around instead right now and he's, Brendan, he's overcome
4: the odds, I think, really well, too, right? I mean, he's from Delaware, went to VCU. So he's kind of been underrated and sure, yeah. not, you know, overlooked his entire career. And so it's nice for him to finally, you know, be on this big stage and be celebrated. 100%.
0: Brennan, what is a bold prediction that you have for this team for the season?
3: I, well, I don't know how bold it is anymore because I think people are coming around I had them as a three seed, even with the Jamal injury. Um, I think maybe some people more four or five. So I'll say three, keep it bold. I think this team's going to be absolutely fine. I'm not sweating the regular season success, even a little bit. Um, and so I say all that to say, I don't think Jamal Murray is going to come back hundred percent, but I don't know if he needs to be for the Nuggets to truly contend for a title this year. So I know some people look at this as a wash season because of Jamal's injury, I think it's as good an opportunity as they've had, if not for last year, injury stuff notwithstanding. So get hyped. I mean, no reason to temper your expectations. It's still a contender.
0: What about a bold prediction for a specific player?
3: Aaron Gordon will have the dunk of the year, league-wide. League-wide. So he looked kind of slow and laborious last year, like a power kind of utility tight end or something, more than some Kenneth Reed high flyer. I think we're going to see more of the latter this year. Finally, healthy. That hamstring injury is cleared up. That ankle injury is cleared up. He looks quicker. looks more explosive in the preseason. I'm very hyped to see Aaron Gordon uh, as advertised.
0: That'll be exciting. Does anyone else have a bold prediction they want to share for the Nuggets specifically?
2: No? Ooh. Uh, that's. <laughs> I mean, Eric has already um, taken the bones for rookie of the year uh, take and run with it. I think that's... <laughs> a bit aggressive but i'll just say that i think he will be a much bigger contributor than anyone expected originally
0: okay i like i that. haven't
4: look, i haven't looked at the odds on DraftKings, but you know you gotta put a couple units on coach malone to uh, to win the red hour back trophy
3: dude i like that i like that a lot underrated value bet right now um coach there's a narrative there especially with Jamal out, if they win those games, like I expect there, there's a case to be made for sure. That's a good one.
0: Speaking of what other good futures, NBA futures, that's something that I have not bet on, on DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, Would you guys recommend to take? I mean, Michael Porter Jr. for
3: like rookie of the year right now is, he's actually the odds on favorite. Um, So, but I think there's still, it's still a a positive bet. Like it's still a good value bet. So um, I, I I think there's a really good chance that happens. To be honest, I think this, it's either him, SGA, or Zion, and not this Zion might be right a now. Stupid
0: question, but when does MPJ stop being a rookie?
3: Oh no no no! Uh, did I say rookie of the year? Yes. Most <laughs> improved- I did? Holy cow. Yeah, Most you improved rookie. player. Most improved I was like, because
0: if you try and put him as like a uh, rookie of the year for the goaties, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. AJ's no, about no, to yeah, go crazy on you no, again.
3: I I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Most improved player. He is the odds-on favorite. Okay. Um, and I think he's got a really good chance of taking that home. Rookie
0: of the year, like, probably
4: not, Allie. Probably
0: not. I was like, what's happening here? Do I not know this? Or like, is oh, it different no, I'm glad for you the clarify.
4: NBA? I also find it interesting that the uh, so MPJ is the, the favorite. And then second, KPJ, Kevin Porter Jr.
3: Right? Maybe not a coincidence, All right. but probably.
0: Mm. Ryan, There's do you a, have any futures?
2: I, I haven't gotten in on any yet. Uh, I think I'm still scarred from cashing out my Jokic MVP bet last year, <laughs> right before LeBron and Embiid got injured. Oh. yeah. Oh, man. Did you get back in on it, though? Nope, nope. Oh. I was too scarred. I was too scarred. Oh, sorry.
3: You also
0: said like me, me jumping out maybe is like he was trying yeah, to like yeah. jinx it in his head. He was like maybe this was for the better.
2: Oh it's, well, then thank you. Yeah, yeah that's exactly that case, how I felt because like grateful. Adam was like uh, there's gonna have to be a couple injuries if, if it's actually gonna happen, and so then I cashed out, and then right after I cashed out, those injuries happened, and I was like, well, I guess I uh, opened up the uh, the pathway.
3: You want to know so our, everyone our say dirty thank secret? You. The the dirty secret on the DMVR Nuggets beat? Don't listen to Adam. I mean the list is cool, but don't, <laughs> don't listen to
4: him.
2: <laughs> it's a good
3: plan.
0: Uh, so
4: are we are we gonna see anything from Georgie Bijanishvili? And how did I do on my pronunciation? F- from who? <laughs> Georgie Bijanishvili. Uh no. Who He's way that? down the depth chart. <laughs> In the G League, I oh, think.
3: oh, oh, he's the G League player who has a training camp deal with the Nuggets right now, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. yeah I just yeah, and, uh, we can uh, not even see him and in Devon our office, like
0: researching defendable. real quick. He's like, Whoa, what? Yeah, dude. No, I'm, I'm going
4: something. real deep. This is more, this should be more for the DNB. No, he's not gonna, he's
3: just on a training camp deal with Devon Reed. They're not gonna, they're not gonna stick around, man. <laughs> I was not. like, Is there a Is there a player on the roster, the actual roster that I didn't know about? No, he's not, we're not gonna see much from him.
4: I'm a prospect guy. I, I like their real deep cut. So,
3: yeah, it's not quite the same. And you don't <laughs> get a whole say, I was going to say, that yeah. doesn't really work like that in basketball. <laughs> no, no, no. That'd be cool, though. But I think the Nuggets are in a better spot.
0: Okay. Well, let us know if you guys have any good NBA futures that you're thinking of taking. But obviously, football is in full effect right now. And DraftKings has a great offer for you. If you bet just $1 on any NFL football. Game and you can win a hundred dollars in free bets if either team scores a single point. They are giving you free money, Um, so definitely take it. The Eagles play the Buccaneers today. You could use the promo code DNVR and then bet on the Eagles to lose because it's probably going to happen. And then you'll get a hundred dollars in free bets if they score. So there you go. It's such a great offer. Plus, they have the AVS games that you can bet on. We. We bet on first goal scorer yesterday, and I—no one around us had Jack Johnson. If you had Jack Johnson, congratulations, because you probably made a lot of money as yeah. the first goal scorer of the night.
2: One person uh, I saw posted on Twitter—they had it five dollars for three hundred and fifty.
0: Oh my goodness! Wow. <laughs> Like, I would have – he didn't even – like, we asked uh, the audience during Rudo's watch-along, like, who do you guys think? And no one said Jack Johnson. And it was a really pretty goal, too. So, you can always bet on that. Hopefully, shots on goal will come back for the Abs. We didn't have that last night, but hopefully it'll come back because those are great things to bet on. And DraftKings Sportsbook is just our favorite. So, download that DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR. Like I said, you can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win a hundred dollars in free bets if either team scores a point that's promo code dnvr on DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl must be 21 or older colorado only new customers only restrictions apply see draftkingscom sportsbook for details and of course if you have a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700
2: ali i have some good news for you uh, as it pertains to the eagles tonight um oh 90% of people are betting on the Buccaneers to cover the six and a half points. Why this is good news for you is when that many people bet on something, it almost never happens. Um, And also the sports book, when that many people are betting on something usually moves the line. Like they could easily take this thing over a touchdown and and get some money coming back on the other side. They're leaving it at six and a half, which tells me that they think that this thing's going to be closer than the average person believes.
0: Wow. Wow why i don't know but we'll see who knows that you know tom brady and the eagles
2: i will say just the nfl the best bets are the ones that make you feel uncomfortable eagles plus six and a half let's go
0: all right clearly that's what he's taken i'll probably look into that you can hear more knowledge like this on DMVR bets daily. They go live at 1230. Usually every day today they are going live at five for Thursday night football. They have all of the best betting advice that is is Mercury in retrograde still affecting you, Ryan.
2: Um so Mercury is uh we've been tracking its retrogradeness and it's less in retrograde right now, still in retrograde, but if you think of like a moon, you know, it's it's slowly uh coming out of retrograde. In fact, just three more days of retrograde until we're safe. Um okay. so don't make any astrology important life quarter. decisions until uh next Monday. So
4: astrology that be, quarter, we've had to go to a solar boat. Is that waning or waxing? Oh I which believe um
2: that? the retrograde is wang- waning. waning.
4: <laughs> Good to know.
0: Yes. All right. Another place that you should always check out is Mint Mobile. They are a great company that allows you to get um, unlimited data for just $15 a month. They are cutting out those uh, retail stores. So there's no crazy overhead costs that get passed down to you in form of those mystery fees. Because when you hear $15 a month, you're like, "Mm, what's the catch? With Mint Mobile, there isn't any. I've told you guys already, my favorite part is you don't have to change your number. You can keep your same number and then you also uh, can keep your phone. So you don't have to go through any of the hassle. They will send you a SIM card for you to put into your phone and boom, you have um, unlimited service. It. It's not unlimited service. What's it called? Unlimited data. premium wireless data. Um, so definitely check that out. Uh, and don't forget to use that promo code dnvr you can go to mintmobile.com slash dnvr um cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month and i watched a tiktok today maybe not that reliable but who knows seeing that um this winter like heating and all that stuff is going to go up in price um so you want to save money where you can your cell phone bill is one of those places check out mintmobile.com today all right
2: or just use blankets then you don't have to use the heat
0: that's not going to fly in our household, Ryan. <laughs> just so you know, blankets? No way. There's always, there's always more
2: blankets. You just Mm-mm. stack the blankets.
0: No, 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 no. Thank you. Um, save your money on your wireless service at Mint Mobile. Okay, we are going to jump in to some Rockies talk. Patrick, the Rockies are officially over. What is your big question heading into this offseason for this team?
2: The Rockies are over. Just <laughs> yeah, definitely pack it up, <laughs> call it a day.
0: I said this season.
2: No, you didn't.
0: Whatever. All right.
4: Yeah, season season over. Yes, it it probably was back in early June. But you know, they appointed Bill Schmidt as the permanent general manager, and so really, this off season will be about what is his vision for the future of the franchise. He's got to pick up some pieces from his his predecessor and and Jeff Breidich. You know, will he be interested in trading, you know, his prospects? And, you know, Jeff Breidich was a guy that wasn't really interested in doing that very much. And now you've got a guy in Bill Schmidt who was the one that scouted all of these players and, and drafted them. So there's even more of a familiarity and, and comfort with these players. So it could be even harder for him to let go of, of some of these guys, but we'll kind of wait and see what happens. He did get the off season going on a, a really good start by extending Antonio Sensatella on a five year, $50 million deal, locked up CJ Crone, two years, 14 and a half million dollars. So kind of, you know, added during a, a time of the year where the Rockies usually aren't making those kind of moves, uh, It's the postseason right now, so they're not going to be doing much of anything else. But it's really going to be about what does Bill Schmidt think about the Rockies' future? Are they going to try to contend sooner than later? Because they've got some really good prospects down on the farm, but they're probably closer to about three, four, maybe even five years away at this point.
0: Yeah. I'm curious to hear this panel's takes on Bill Schmidt's vote. Um, AJ, Ryan, how are you guys feeling about this GM? Is it
3: fair to characterize that the hiring was done internally as disappointing? Is that yeah. fair? I mean, people were at least hoping to see in some, an outside voice come in. No, Patrick.
4: Yeah. You know, it, the front office or rather, you know, Dick Monfort and, and his team said, no, we will be going outside the, the organization and, depending on if you want to believe uh, those words or if, if you can be between the lines and know that there's a little bit of lip service going on there. Uh, I didn't I didn't really think that that was going to be the case, but it was kind of hopeful, like, oh, actually, you know what, the, this could be promising. But no, of, of course, it, it did seem like that was going to be the guy, especially when You know you uh, appoint a guy who's about 60 years old he actually becomes like the third oldest general manager in the game but you appoint him in a a position where if you don't make him the general manager you may now lose him because you're ultimately going to have to give him a demotion and so that was kind of the indicator where maybe if it was somebody else one of the assistant general managers then you go all right well they might part ways and and go elsewhere from another organization but because of who it was Mm -hmm. To me, it just seemed like yeah, it, it was going to be internal the the entire way, and yeah, that I, I understand how that's disappointing.
2: I think it, I think disappointing is the perfect way to put it, and and I think it's disappointing it, it, from a, diff, a bunch of different reasons. Um, first of all, I think it's a little bit unfair to Bill Schmidt the way that the Rockies went about it. Uh, had they gone and, ex, and conducted a full scale search. And then come back and told everyone, hey, we really believe that Bill Schmidt is the best candidate of all the people we talked to. That at least gives him a little bit to stand on to where, you know, Rockies fans can, uh, whether they want to believe it or not, at least there's a little something there. But the way that it was done, to me, makes just everyone roll their eyes like most people did. Like, oh, here we go. Another internal candidate. And... Obviously, you know, we don't know that much in terms about the way that he's going to want to do things and the way that he could do things. But the way that it was handled, I feel like did a disservice to everyone because it's just, oh, this is classic Rockies and an organization Mm -hmm. who's been doing the same thing for their entire existence, continuing to do the exact same thing. And by the way, that way of doing things hasn't produced results. So that's disappointing. I also think it's disappointing that they didn't interview um, a minority candidate for the job. I mm. think that really sucks, um, and just the whole thing I think was handled poorly. But again, the, I, I'm actually trying not to take it out on Bill Schmidt, who I believe deserves a fair shake and a fair chance to do this right. thing and do it right. So that's why I think like the Rockies, unfortunately, while giving this guy what might be his dream job, did a little bit of a disservice to him in the way mm. that they gave it to him.
4: That's such a huge point that him, you know, he got sandbagged in a sense because. You look at the trade deadline and all right, yeah, didn't move story, did move John Gray, who <laughs> if you if you can resign, then okay, I guess. But you still could have gotten something, same thing with Daniel Bard. And so nothing really happened at right. the trade deadline. And you know, how much of that is is Bill Schmidt's fault. And you, if you go back and, and you say, Oh, you look at just this offseason in general, where if you've got Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, and John Gray. And then in a year, none of them are are with your team, you'd imagine, wow, you probably got back a lot in return for those guys. And they may end up coming away with next to nothing outside of, you know, the the 31st overall pick, give or take. So and and some of that's going to be stuck on on Bill Schmidt. And you're right. I I think, you know, he's he's put behind the eight ball here a little bit, but he, he deserves a fair shot.
2: And and one other thing I want to point out, I can't remember who said it. It was a national baseball writer who essentially said the Rockies' job might actually be more attractive than people think because of the circumstances in Coors Field. A lot of forward-thinking GMs might have, you know, at some point fantasized about what they could do if they were able to build a roster in Coors Field. Mm-hmm. And that was like the most exciting thing I've heard about the Rockies in years. I was like, "Oh man, that's actually a good point. Like, maybe there is someone out there who's thought, like, I know how to succeed at courts Field. I'll pull it off. And again, we never even saw the team attempt to f- find out if there was anyone who had a grand plan for how you can change things uh, in terms of baseball at altitude.
4: What a huge surprise! <laughs> AJ Hafley, folks. Yeah, you, no, that's a, goes- that's such an interesting point because I think there is this narrative that as fun as course Field may be to play in, it's, it's not fun for the pitchers. And, hey, the Rockies are at such a disadvantage and the players are at, you know, 5,280 and, you know, playing at altitude and what that does to the body. And, yeah, that, that I think there is some truth to that. But you're right. This could be some major advantage that just hasn't been taken advantage of just yet. And, right, there's going to be some of those forward-thinking folks out there that maybe – would like to, to tinker with a few things and what do the rockies have to lose at this point they've tried just about yeah. you know every strategy in the book the the major free agents that doesn't work a super <laughs> bullpen you know spending 200 million dollars on starting pitching that doesn't work so why not go and, and give it to uh, you know a, a baseball nerd uh, to to use a phrase that's going to tinker and do some things maybe change even change right. the dimensions of coors field uh, make it so that there's a short right field porch and just stack the lineup with left-handed hitters, go crazy. Maybe something similar to the Blake Street Bombers days. Like, Maybe maybe that's the way that the Rockies can get out of this hole and, and get out of their w- own way in a sense.
3: Unfortunately, yeah. it just feels like at least for, he should be given a shot to do the job first. That's a great point about RK. But unfortunately, it feels fair to infer like, oh, this is just, you know, ownership's philosophy is enduring, right? Um yep. but yeah, I hope we're wrong. I hope we're wrong. That's a good point that we, you know, let the man do the job first before he before we stake him.
0: Yeah, for sure. AJ, do you have any other thoughts on this besides no surprise?
1: <laughs> I mean I, I mean as long as you can as, say as, no. as, as long as Dick Munford is still the guy, I just don't think it matters much. Uh, until okay. until he shows uh, a, a willingness to be malleable in his thinking and his philosophy none of this matters it's all it's all window dressing and good good luck to Bill Schmidt but uh you know it's it sucks that he's worked <laughs> his entire life for an opportunity like this and you know a job there's only 30 of these jobs in the world yeah. and he he... Has it with arguably the most inept and philosophically lost franchise out of all 30 of them. So, you know, it's a, it's, I mean, don't, don't blame him for saying yes to the job. If you get it offered to you, you got to go, right? But is he really ever going to get the resources necessary? And I don't even mean like free agency money, I mean like infrastructure. Is he going to get an analytics staff? Is he going to get a in any kind of an R and D department? Is there any, is there, you know, what's going on inside that building or is it all just Dick Munford just being
4: a cheap asshole all the time? I'm glad you brought that up because he is actually working on, uh, analytics. Team, You know, they they did hire someone from the Washington Nationals organization to oversee analytics. Uh, I know they were hiring about three or four new people in that department. Now, granted, keep in mind, I believe at the beginning of this season, every other team in the National League West had at least 25 members of their analytics department. Yeah. A three or four person analytics
1: department. The Avalanche have a four person analytics department. And analytics are still in its infancy in the NHL. So this is really just reinforcing my opinion, but confirmation bias is a hell of a drug. And I guess (laughs) it's on it's on Munford and the Rockies to 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 change the narrative, because right now they've written this script. We've seen it play out. It's over and over and over. And I don't see why I don't see why anybody would get excited about this except Bill Schmidt and his family for like a year
0: uh well i mean it's good to hear that there at least were some changes he's trying to he's trying to implement something and and we'll see how far the organization allows him to go how many hires he can get in those departments to better um because it could also be a slow growth you know um maybe it's five right now maybe it's then 10 and we'll and we'll see who knows like what that will look like
2: like I said, I I don't think anyone has it. Like I don't, I wouldn't argue with AJ that someone should be excited over this. My thing is just like like uh, Brendan said, don't put a fork in him until he's earned it.
4: Yeah, that that's why I'm maybe excitement isn't the word, but excited to to see what he does this off season or how creative he can get, and really the relationships that he's he's built over the years with these other organizations. Um, and, and with his scouting background, is he able to poach a couple players? Breitich at the beginning of his tenure was able to steal Hermen Marquez out of the, the Rays organization. And so, you know, maybe Schmidt has one of those tricks up his sleeve too. And, and, you know, that would, that would benefit the Rockies really well going forward here.
0: That's my next question for you, Patrick, is what are some moves that you think the Rockies should make this offseason and need to make?
4: Well, upgrading the bullpen is – pretty basic I think for just about any MLB team so uh, I think they'll they'll do that I don't know how much it'll be active in free agency as far as uh, upgrading the bullpen last offseason they were able to acquire Robert Stevenson who was you know really solid uh, from the Reds so I I think via trade is probably most likely but everyone in the organization top to bottom has pretty much said they need to upgrade their power and you know the infields somewhat loaded i mean you've got rogers at second base mcmahon at third and and cj crone coming back and so you say oh wow a 25 homer hitting shortstop would fit in nicely but it, it doesn't seem like a reunion with trevor story is is going to happen he's most likely set to to move on so now you're looking at a maybe a corner hitting outfielder to uh to bring in to to increase the power and those guys aren't cheap and a lot of them that are on the market whether it's, you know, a Schwarber, Kyle Schwarber, or Jock Peterson. Those guys are used to winning and going to the postseason every single year. And so I, I I don't even think money is something that could sway those players. Nick Castellanos has a player option. He's another one of those big bats that could, you know, really give the Rockies lineup a bit more legitimacy. But it's hard to see the Rockies spending that much money. They said they're going to, you know, have a higher payroll than last year. And then in 2023 – Go back to you know spending even more, maybe getting back into the the back end of the top ten or or low teens. But I I, I don't know where they're going to find this extra power from exactly. Um, but that's something that they they definitely need to correct. And Connor Joe coming back and being healthy, if he's legitimate, and Sam Hilliard are they're legitimate, that is going to you know boost the their power numbers. But I I still don't think it's it's going to be enough to move the needle.
0: Well, just because the Rockies are in the off season, you guys know this by now, does not mean that the work at DMVR stops. Patrick has a podcast every day where he is talking all about Rockies, any moves that are made. Um, same with on Twitter and everything like that. So definitely check that out because um, there may be a lot of interesting moves that happen this summer or this off season. Right. We, what's up?
2: Can we get AJ's uh, instant reaction to the Landy suspension?
1: Uh, I mean, it's bullshit, and nah, it's just—it's—it's it's, honestly, it's just—it's—it's uh, it's nothing short of continued incompetence by the Department of Player Safety. Uh, they basically uh, close their eyes and spin around and throw a dart, and then whatever whatever they hit, they decide that they go with, and then they spend all day trying to come up with a script to justify whatever bullshit nonsense they've decided upon this time. So uh, I think I, I mean, I wasn't on last night's uh, abs pod, but I thought that the, I thought, I thought that it was a stupid thing for Landis Cog to do, especially in that game situation. Yeah. It, was, it was dangerous and it was predatory, but it was also fairly punished uh, in the, uh, in the game. Uh, I don't think it was, I don't think it was worthy of anything more than this, uh, more than the two minute penalty that he got. Uh, I think it sends a message that you can't attack puck carriers if they're in vulnerable positions, which yeah. re- re- which rewards puck carriers for being in vulnerable positions. So you know when you have when you have a meathead like George Peros running your department of player safety, you get meathead decisions, and that's how it's always been. So it's not really all that surprising that there's still a bunch of incompetent assholes, but it's disappointing that it's. One game into the season, and we're already having this conversation again.
2: I'm thinking a uh, zone entry on the power play. You should just go down to a knee, and then no one can touch you.
1: I mean, it seems it seems why not, right? Because <laughs> if you hit that guy, well, he's in a vulnerable position. It doesn't matter that he put himself there. Doesn't matter that he played a role in 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 how he got there whatsoever. If you touch a guy in any kind of a vulnerable position, uh, he ends up you know he, he he that guy is now worthy of a suspension so the nh i mean the, the nhl is just incompetent so this is just more of the same from a league that can't get it can't get out of its own way
0: uh, a comment that rudo said on the post game show last night was that if it was kadri or someone else uh, they probably would have gotten like eight games <laughs> oh, well, i mean
1: nazem kadri has to pay the brown guy tax so he you know he gets he gets the book thrown at him in a way that nobody else does. Um, and it's it's always been that way in his career. So, again, George, I mean, George in the Department of Player Safety, are incompetent.
0: Okay, so they aren't going to have Gabe for two games. Nathan McKinnon was out. He tested positive for COVID-19 as a breakout case. I read the earliest he could come back is Saturday. Is that true, AJ?
1: Yeah, he needs three negative tests before Saturday's game. Uh, in order for him to be able to play in that game. We'll see. We'll see. He did not participate said, today in the optional skate.
0: Joe Sackick on Mondays, I believe, said he is asymptomatic and feeling good, which is obviously great news. Um, but, okay, good to know. He needs three negative tests to be able to play on Saturday. So, I mean, there is a chance that the Avs go into the Blues game on Saturday without Nathan McKinnon and Gabriel Scott
1: And Devon Taves and Jared Bednar. So, yeah. YOLO. Should be a fun night.
0: (laughs) All right, AJ, what are a few positive takeaways you took from yesterday's abs game? You were at the arena, the vibes, the atmosphere. It all seemed like it was popping. And I feel like at the DMVR bar, it was, it was everyone is so hyped that um, the abs are back and that hockey's back. And I mean, they started the game off like a few minutes in scoring a goal. So that gets everyone excited
1: yeah i think it was 11 minutes into the first period and they were up three nothing while shooting chicago 17 to 2. uh and they more or less parked the bus from that point on because it's the nhl and first one to three typically wins and when you go out and you pay a king's ransom for a goaltender you should be able to lean on that guy which they did he was dope uh they got the fourth goal which was the insurance goal that they needed uh, Landis cogg's penalty in the final four minutes of the game made things a little more interesting than they should have been. But otherwise, really no uh, no major complaints. I mean, they, they're very clearly in a different level yeah. of talent as the Chicago Blackhawks. And I think the
3: Blackhawks are pretty good. AJ, are you bracing yourself as an analyst for a year of like yeah, it's the regular season. They're good, and then yep. we'll see if they get to the mountaintop when it matters. Yeah,
1: so I'm bracing myself for a year of every win is expected, and every loss is indicative of a larger problem. Uh, sure, um, And old... either it's either it's either a coaching problem or a leadership problem or a toughness problem. If it's not one of those three things, then somebody's just making some shit up.
2: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I can speak to, to this one uh, from experience with the, the Peyton Manning era. It was exhausting mm. by the end of it, um, especially because they should have got one early on. They didn't get it. So then it became um, every, you know, everything is just waiting for the postseason to see if they can get it right and get a matchup yep. and get a warm weather game. Cause everyone was afraid of Peyton playing in the cold. Um, and you're so right about the. Actually, in the last season, it didn't even matter if they won. Uh, they, if they didn't win good enough, right, that yeah. was a, a, a knock on their championship hopes. Um, so I'm sure at some point the Az will have a 4-1 lead going into the third period, and the other team will come back and make it 4-3 or 4-4, and then the Az will pull it out in the end, and people will say, yeah, but they just can't allow that to happen. That's not a championship team. They didn't put their foot on their throat. So, yeah, I, I don't envy you in that. I do envy you in the fact that you're, <laughs> you're covering a championship-caliber team.
1: Yeah, they're very, very good, and, I mean, and last night, I mean, they, they... – dog walks the Chicago pretty hard and they did it without, I mean, that was Kale McCar's preseason game, essentially. Uh No Nathan McKinnon and no Devontae's, And yeah. they, they absolutely shelled Chicago. I mean, that wasn't, it wasn't close. It wasn't competitive. Uh, the, the officiating in the second period turned it into this weird, like trading of partial power plays for 10 minutes uh, so there was no flow to it. I mean, it just for them. For them, they they won pretty, then they won ugly, and then they they parked the bus and they were chill. And I I just think that we're gonna see a whole lot of games this year that look a lot like last night.
0: You said you thought the Chicago. You think the Chicago Blackhawks are a good team? So how would you think of Darcy Kemper's performance?
1: I thought Kemper was great. It's why I wrote about him. Um, I thought that, you know, any chance that Chicago had to, to build momentum, uh, Darcy Kemper shut it down. He stopped multiple breakaways at the end of the second period that that could have brought that game into a different dynamic. Uh, he he was huge in the third period, and the only two shots that beat him went and in, one of which deflected off of a teammate. So I... Really, I mean, if you're gonna get a 941 save percentage out of your starting goaltender, uh, he's gonna win the Vesna, and you're gonna win 55 games.
0: Woo.
2: Let's go. Well, I've got my bet in on him for the Vesna. So yeah, I put it have.
1: in. I put I put it in as soon as I as soon as it showed up.
2: Yeah.
0: All right, another bet, and a few more bets you can place on DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, if you aren't going to the game on Saturday, or I guess not this Saturday, there's a private event at the bar. Um, but in the future for Avs games, if you aren't going to the game or it's an away game, definitely come down to the DMVR bar. It was so great to see our like Avs family or Avs community um, down there yesterday. It just felt like good old times. So definitely come down. We also have the Wheel of Destiny. Um, so it has things like Kilmakar scores, Miko scores, uh... To take a timeout in the first period, random little things like that. Um, but if it hits on it and it happens in the game, then everyone in the bar gets a free shot. So it's really fun to be sitting there rooting for the same thing. And then, of course, when the halves win, the bar just goes crazy. So it's such a fun environment to go um, and watch a game at. Highly recommend it. And also, if you are going to the Broncos game this Sunday, Stop by the DMVR Mile High Tailgate. Um, It is in between, it is like above lot E and F, and it is such a good time. You pay a fee if you're non member. I believe it's $30 to go to the tailgate. Um, If you are a member, it's $25. um, So a little perk of being a member. You get unlimited sexy pizza and you get unlimited break brews. There's a bunch of games and gear and it's just a great way, a great start to your game day experience. And if you want, you can even start at the DMVR bar, hop on the party bus, That will take you to the tailgate and then it will pick you up after the game. So you don't have to worry about Ubers or anything like that. Um, Especially I feel like Ubers and Lyfts, the prices are insane right now. So it will pick you up right at the tailgate spot 30 minutes after the game, take you back to the bar, a great chance to get some food, relax before you head home. So it just fills the full game day experience. And honestly, I can't have Sexy Pizza, but the amount of love that Sexy Pizza gets at the tailgate and by all of the DMVR um, family and members, it is so great. So highly recommend checking it out. If you can't have pizza or you're uh, vegan or anything like that. If you go down to their locations, um, they have four different locations. You can, they have gluten-free, they have vegan options. They have pretzel knots, salads, wings. They've got a lot of different things. So they cater to everyone. And then at the DMV tailgate, they also have these like pretzel knots with a little cinnamon. They're so good. That's what I eat with my uh, Breck Brew. It's my breakfast of champions. Um, Highly recommend it, though. They are a great company. They're local. They're as local as it gets. And you can try them out at the DNBR tailgate if you don't go down to a store. And then you can check them out at the store. But all right. We are going to finish off this podcast with some Broncos talk. And then we'll go to who won the week. I don't think the Broncos won the week. But, Ryan, maybe you can. Tell me otherwise. I mean, the Broncos have lost. They need to win this upcoming game. And fans are starting to panic. Do you think it is time to panic for the Broncos?
2: Oh, wow. You should at the very least be hovering over the panic button. Um, I think you give this team one chance this week. Uh, to prove that it wasn't completely and utterly fraudulent that they started three 0 zero, you know, if they if they do win this week, then you can maybe start to build a narrative about how you know the Ravens was a really tough game and maybe they just didn't have a good plan for the Steelers and now they're back out of it. Um, but man, it, it it is so dark right now in Broncos country because of the way these two losses have looked. They looked exactly. Like what we've seen from the Broncos over the last year, over the last three years, over the last five years, over the last six years. And that is one thing that is just so hard to stop anyone from panicking when the games look like the way they do. I mean, you know, to, to simplify this all the way down is you can be bad and interesting and, you know, that plays a little bit, um, but you cannot be bad and boring. And the Broncos have been bad and boring for far too long now. So in back-to-back games, they're bad and boring. I don't blame anyone for panicking and saying fire everyone and, uh, you know, going going after anybody because bad and boring. I mean, you, you know, you plan your whole week around this game. A lot of people spend a lot of money to go to the games, uh, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And then you turn it on and it's just like, uh, you know, Three hours of agony. Uh, I get it. People ha- people have a reason to be upset, so they have to turn it around this week. Pat Shermer absolutely has to figure out a way to create yardage on offense and create some points. Uh, and Vic Fangio needs to prove that he's the quote unquote defensive genius that they thought they hired. Um, you've got the most, the highest paid uh, second. You've got the highest paid defense in the entire NFL, including the highest paid secondary in the entire NFL. And you're getting carved up by the ghost of Ben Roethlisberger. Like, what's going on here? Uh, they got to figure something out. And he needs to earn that moniker or else this thing will go down in flames.
0: AJ, so I saw you pull the mic in front of you. Do You got some thoughts on this?
1: Um... I mean, I feel I feel bad for RK having to like watch this horror show again but i also i also do think that this is a significantly more talented football team than in the past couple of years and i also think that when you lose an actual good starting quarterback and you have to play a bad one that it makes it a lot harder to win games and i'm a big teddy guy so i'm i'm all about it but if he if he can you know if he's if he's good to go and he's healthy um, i i think they're i think they're plenty good enough to be competitive and uh to to win some games i i mean i you know i don't know if it necessarily happens this week but i don't i certainly don't feel like the 3-0 start is fraudulent
3: um well, but it's I mean, it's on it's on them to prove that right everyone was bracing themselves though right is that yeah. the schedule was a cakewalk but rk would you say that the drop that followed maybe cleared a threshold of like, yeah, well, the schedule was going to to the point where the concern is, is legitimate.
2: That's what I mean. It's the reason why everyone is panicking is because of the way it Mm -hmm. looked. And I I actually agree with AJ. I think that this team has the ability to turn it, turn it around, Mm -hmm. but like narratives and for lack of a better term, vibes matter. Uh, If you lose (laughs) this game this week, momentum
1: is the real thing.
2: Yeah, exactly. If you lose this game this week, I think there's a, potential that these guys lose their their faith in the coaching staff lose their faith in their teammates um, especially with the here we go again feeling but yeah brendan you you made the perfect point if they had taken the ravens to the brink and lost to a really good football team everyone would have said hey man you know what it happens right whatever and if they had you know uh, even looked respectable in the first three quarters um, against the Steelers, then maybe everyone wouldn't be panicking. But it's just the sure. way that it looked and the way that it felt that has everyone upset. And like I said, that's why I said you don't need to hit the panic button until this week. If they lose this week, then I think it's fair to hit the panic button. I think it's fair to sadly start looking ahead to who's going to be the next coach, who's going to be the next quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to go there. I don't, I don't want to do it at all. But um, I think that I'll, I'll have a hard time telling people why they shouldn't.
0: Okay, well, they take on the Raiders this Sunday. What are you looking – or what do you think this team needs to do to pull out a win against this team and, and at least sit at 4-2? Uh, and two?
2: I think they need to assert their dominance on the defensive side of the ball a little bit. Like I said, this is a, an extremely highly paid defense. Um, and I think that the way that Vic Fangio has called the, the last couple games has allowed the quarterback to get hot. Derek Carr, yeah, he's maybe just outside of the top 10, I think, in NFL quarterbacks. Um, but if you allow him to start picking you apart with these soft zones – He's been here a long time, just like Ben Roethlisberger last week. That dude knows where the the gaps in the zone are. He can look out there and find a mismatch in in other situations. So um, I think that they need to press up a little bit, force the quarterback to make some more difficult decisions instead of hoping that your pass rush is going to make things difficult on him. Because to this point, the pass rush, uh, especially in the last two weeks, has not been special. Um, So I think that they need to do that, and I think that Pat Shermer – needs to figure out a way to catch defenses off guard. Um, It's way too predictable right now. I think, you you know, even if you're going to, like, it's funny because people have been saying, oh, the Broncos fans want him to run the ball more. Then when he runs it on first and second down, people are mad about that. It's like, yes, because you have to mix things up. It it doesn't mean (laughs) it's one or the other. It means make the defense wonder what you're going to do when you get to the line. The Broncos in the first half last week, Ran the ball on every single first down until they got to the two-minute drill. So you know the defense doesn't have to think twice about that. Why do you not go for a, a you know a play-action pass from under center out of that? You know, calling offense in my opinion is a lot like writing a story. Um, you you are you're you're setting things up for something later. You know your lead maybe it leaves a little something to be desired that you pay off later in the story. That's what I think calling offense is a lot, like you're building layers. And so I'm not seeing Pat Shermer like lay a foundation, write a lead, and then pay it off later. I'm just seeing a, a bunch of scattered paragraphs that don't play into each other and build a story. I think he needs to figure out you know, the, the flow of the game a little bit more and, and find a way to build a story for this offense.
0: And unfortunately, Ryan, you're having to deal with this uh lackluster offense on with the Broncos and with the Buffs.
2: The, calling the Buffs offense lackluster is the nicest thing anyone said about them.
0: <laughs> uh, all right. Well it's the Raiders- right
3: to bet against.
2: It's the worst offense in the country.
3: Man, we Colorado needs this nuggets and av season so, <laughs> bad.
2: so badly. So badly. So badly. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, and Mercury's almost out of retrograde.
0: Let's go. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Let's (laughs) go. Okay, with that, we're just going to end the Broncos talk. Mercury is almost out of retrograde, so things will be better starting, what was it, Ryan, Uh, October 17th?
2: uh, Yeah, October 18th is the first day post-retrograde.
0: There we go. So good things are coming. Uh, All right. We are going to finish off this segment or this show with Who Won the Week? Let me play the jingle for you all that we also love.
2: Who did the most and who
1: did the least? Who was the dog and who was the beast? Who's in the boat and who's up a creek? Let's see. Who won the week?
0: Aw, that reminds me of our old days in the lakewood office when we would go wow. live off of our little mevo and we'd all be in a room together sweating well, that's when we played that song for the first time
3: yeah let's, let's go back let's go back to us. the lakewood office field trip
0: field trip content field trip we could make we could do something like that what were you gonna say aj
1: i just fond memories of sweating in that room <laughs> so, so tiny the door would be so closed there would be
0: so many different wires everywhere and it'd be like kale and i trying to figure out the internet and, oh, God, and then and brandon kids.
1: randomly screaming in the background and us being like dude we're trying to do a show
0: <laughs> but, like you can't do that right now
1: some things never change
2: uh,
0: that's so funny All right, we are going to start off. If you don't know this game, basically the guys have 30 seconds to tell me why um, their team or someone in the organization of the team they cover won the week. And whoever ends up winning the week, we are going to put a poll out on Twitter. Whoever gets the most votes as to who won the week will then have 30 seconds the next week to talk about whatever they choose. Um, So let's start off with AJ. Three
1: Two, one. The Avs easily win the week because they're the only team that played a meaningful game and actually won. Shit. Uh, that's they cool. are they are undefeated <laughs> on their season despite uh some injuries and now bullshit suspensions to deal with. Uh and I mean that's it. I don't need the other 15 seconds. They're one and 0, they're undefeated. They're they're good. They're they're unimpeachable at this point.
0: Okay, there you go. Uh, You had five seconds to spare. Did you want to use those five seconds for anything else?
1: George Peros really sucks at his job.
0: Okay. All right. Let's move on to Patrick. Why did the Rockies or someone in the Rockies organization, including like the anyone, literally anyone in the organization, win the week?
4: All right. Strap in. I'm going to get creative. Rockies fans. Rockies fans. Who are employees at the Ball Arena won the week because they've got the Avalanche back on Wednesday for the (laughs) victory. St. Louis coming on Saturday. Nuggets got a home opener next Friday and tonight. J. Cole tomorrow. Eric Church Sunday. Mark Anthony. So what a wide spectrum of performers for those Rockies fans that have to work at Ball Arena. They've they've got a wonderful time going on. (laughs) Congratulations, Rockies fans.
2: (laughs) <laughs> that's got to be the worst one I've ever heard. Oh, uh, <laughs> please fit that into a tweet. Most <laughs> creative. Oh god.
0: Most creative. creative. It definitely might be up there as most creative. Um, I. What about like a Tyler. former
2: Rocky who's in the postseason?
4: I mean, Tyler Matzek would be would have been a, a very good one, and I I was thinking about that. But yes, uh, is Arizona Fall League arena. going on? Arizona Fall League, yes. Uh, don't but, they don't they have? Isn't totally there? Michael Tolley went one for five on Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> That's a hit. And Ryan Vallade scored the winning run in a game we that a, hit. a lot of people don't really know anything about. It's 718 people were in attendance. Wow. So congrats, congratulations to those Rockies fans that work at Ball Arena. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: it's unfair to do this to uh, Patrick, but that, those are the rules of the game. So we're going to yeah. move on to the Broncos. <laughs> Why did the Broncos win? Win the week, Ryan. Go.
2: I think Kendall Hinton won the week. Uh, this is a guy who was kind of like the butt of every joke for a while here. And honestly, you know, in the offseason, we were saying, like, the, the Broncos owe him. They should keep him around. Um, and I think that was actually unfair to him. Um, he, he earned it. He earned a spot on the roster. And he is a National Football League wide receiver. And he scored a touchdown as a wide receiver in the National Football League this week. This is a guy who has had a crazy path at the beginning of his career. Uh, And I think he's now being able to kind of carve his own path.
0: Uh, And we also had Kendall Hinton to score a touchdown on the wheel of destiny. That was what it landed on. And when I tell you, the bar was cheering for that (laughs) because it was like, oh, sorry. Did that make a weird
1: Wheel of destiny for for who won the week?
2: Ooh, the
0: wheel of destiny (laughs) did
2: have a great week. Although Kil McCarr couldn't get it done last night, he was the uh, the Avs nominee on the uh, to score on twice. the wheel of destiny. We had to
0: we uh, we had to spin the wheel twice because there was a mic issue and it landed on Kil McCarr to score twice. We were like, "This has to happen!" Like,
1: mm-hmm. wow, I didn't not even last know night, that. but Saturday 3.9.
0: Oh, there you Ooh, go. Bet on that guy. Bet on that. All right, Brendan. Why did the Nuggets or someone in the Nuggets organization? or a fan or anything like that when the week goes
3: bones Highland won the week, he's the talk of the town. He's a, he's the bright star in the sky, the sun, you might say that we, uh, that just warming us up as we approach winter, he's earned a spot in the rotation. If you want to read into Malone's comments, he looks far better than he should at this stage in his career. Are we saying this is the next best player in the world? Of course not. Are we saying there were 25 better players than Bones Highland in the draft? No. And we know the answer to that before he's even played a regular season game. Bones wins the week. Time.
0: All right. Those were some good ones, some creative ones. Patrick will give (laughs) you that on that.
4: And and for the, you know, 15% of people that probably would have selected those Rockies fans. You know what? I, I, push him over to Brendan, you know, he I think he's <laughs> it right this week for my 15%. So Patrick,
0: in the future so you know, <laughs> you can you can give your vote to another person or you can also like say why like Nicole Jokic won the week. You don't have to stick to Rockies during the offseason when there isn't that much going on.
4: Uh, I w- I will have a couple, you know, Rockies who have won the week by mid-may i'll I'll say that much yeah probably by mid-may i'll I'll get one in there i'll sneak one in we'll see
2: you should try to find like the high school athlete of the week and come with that every week
4: i would get i would get that player's family vote that's for
1: sure look just (laughs) wait for wait for wait for kyle freeland to go to the broncos home playoff game that they inevitably lose he did record a
4: video for the abs he he was rocking his that's what i'm saying he does
1: it he does it for all of them it'll be perfect
0: it's true. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode thank you for hanging out with us I hope you have a wonderful weekend don't forget to check out the DNVR Mile High tailgate and get your tickets quickly because at the door they are more expensive you get to hang out with everyone all the fans, all the members and then you also get of course that unlimited sexy pizza and rec brews, it's so much fun we've got a lot of stuff going on at thedmvr.com highly recommend checking that out going to read AJ's piece on Kemper last night and then we are also doing things like the watch-alongs with Rudo during games um, so that you can follow on our YouTube channel. We're doing a lot. We're excited for you guys to keep joining us in this, and we will see you guys next week.